You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. We are in Detroit and we are Detroit is different, but we are back on Zoom because we just got news from our governor um, that we're going to share a little bit later. But uh, I want to say peace to my co-host. What's up, Brittany? Peace. Hi, what's going on, Days? What up, though, y'all? What up, Jaira? What's up, everyone? Yeah, yeah, so this is cool. Um, I wanted to, well, you know, we always do a quick check-in. So let's probably just go around and do like a check-in, um, how everyone's doing. Like, how you doing, Jaira? I'm doing pretty good. Just, you know, trying to get uh, everything settled pretty much in my new place. That's really about it. Nice. How's okay. it going? Hmm, what's up? How's it going? Oh, it's going good. I just get, the only thing I'm looking for right now is a bed. That's the only thing I don't have. Like everything else, living room is good. I just don't have a bed. <laughs> right. Gotta get a mattress. Gotta get the bed. So yeah, yeah. I feel you. Yeah. Congratulations, Jaira. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, what about you, um, Deja? Um, just working, trying to find time to make music and get into coding and mm. still sleep. Mostly <laughs> all I've done is sleep because I, when I'm off work, I'll be tired and that kind of comfortable not pushing myself. So, yeah, but I have a deadline February 7th. So Woo-hoo! I got on that. Mm-hmm, Night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, forward to that. <laughs> Me too. Gotta put that like, <laughs> or I gotta write that on my forehead so I don't forget. <laughs> forehead so I see it when I look in the mirror on my palms so I see it when I look down because I literally haven't tried anything since we spoke last week, which is horrible. Have you well, been listening don't to the music? It's hard on yourself, but yeah, let's get it cracking. All right, we will. We are. Yeah. What'd you say, Brittany? I just asked her, has she been listening to good music, though? Oh, oh, man. Uh, what? Yeah. Okay. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot. Let me see. There's songs that just dropped. Right. Uh, Jay Worthy just dropped a project that I really I like. I like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's my dog. I gotta check that out. Yeah, it's called. You're gonna love the beats. They're okay. so crazy. Um, let's see. Jay Worthy. Fly Sifu, who is Fly Anakin and Pink Sifu, they dropped a collaborative <laughs> album together. Crazy. I've never heard of them. That got interesting names. I played them. Yeah, I played them for you before. They're fire. Oh, okay. So okay, this okay, album good. is good. All right. Um, oh, I don't even know who else. I've been listening to like Bad, Bad, Not Good kind of and Little Dragon a lot too, but they haven't dropped anything new. I think actually Little Dragon dropped something earlier this year, but. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. Okay. A little bit of everything. 
Yeah, a little bit of everything. Still got my Griselda on repeat, of course. Thank Love you. them. Yes. Yeah, and me and Brittany got to get on our job, and, and uh, we didn't send you the visual inspiration we said we would, so we dropped the ball, too, so we got to send Oh, it. yeah. Yeah, hook me yeah. up. Help me out. Okay, I got you. That's right, Pipe. So what's up with you, Brittany? What's your week been looking like? Mm-hmm. Uh, week was good. Just work. Y'all know I had the event. It went really well. That was oh, yeah, cool. what happened Friday? I didn't even get a chance to come. I was super busy. Yeah, oh it's all good. It was cool. It was real good. Um, uh, I had like four dough balls left out of forty-four, so um, I did pretty good. It was uh like two different like rushes. Like there was a rush from like one to like three, and then there was like another one from like four to six. So it like gave me time to like kind of like re up and stuff on like the topping line. But yeah, it was fun. Sold a lot of pizza and. My sister and my mom helped, so that was cool. And, uh, yeah, I just love what they're doing there. Like, Piper, you know, Yusuf and GMAC, those are great dudes. So they're doing some great things. And it was just good to see some people. People were being safe. They were delivering the pizzas outside to them. Um, you know, we were masked up in the kitchen. You know, we were we were pretty well PPE'd. And um, it, was, it was a good time. So, yeah. That's what's up. Mhm. I slept all day yesterday. Hey, good. <laughs> but yeah, I can't wait to oh, yeah, do that wait. on Saturday. Wait, yesterday is usually your pizza day, though. You saw what now? Isn't Saturday usually like your pizza day? Like, were you at the pizza party? Oh, at the pizzeria. Oh yeah. no, I worked. I saw like for like the last four weeks, I've been working there Tuesdays just because the shift is so great. Like, I only have to work from like five to ten, so. I'd rather work that shift. So I'm going to just work that shift for a couple more weeks and then I'll go back to Saturday. Oh, so how long has it been that you've been sleeping on Saturday? Oh my God, for like three weeks now. It's been great. Oh, I didn't even know this. Okay, that's what's up. Yeah, 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 so. Okay. Yeah, today's, and today's my birthday, so I went to my mom's. We had brunch. You see how like, put that in there? Huh? <laughs> You see how she slipped that in there? We had waffles. Oh. We had waffles. We had, I mean, we ate waffles, tofu scramble, uh, bacon. We made prosciutto. Is that how you pronounce it? Prosciutto. Yeah, I never had that. I was looking for the, uh, what do you call, I was looking for the uh, champagne, but Whole Foods on the $40. I was like, mm-mm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we made that. It was all so this good. is vegan. All this is vegan. Yeah, it was all vegan. vegan it was so delicious. The waffles were so good. Yeah, it was all vegan. It so was so happy delicious. Birthday, Miss Brittany. Thank you. Does that mean happy you're thirty-one? Thirty wuzzy. Thirty-one. Now you're actually a grown grown woman. Like I'm literally grown. Like no excuses. You crossed <laughs> the threshold. I think I have. I feel like it. How does it feel That's to get funny. that one? Oh, it's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels cool. Damn. Like, I'm just joking. It feels cool. Like, I feel like the same, like, the, like, like, I know, I definitely know that I'm older, but like, it, you know, I still have like a youthful spirit. So I think that's what, you know, that's what I like about getting older. It's like, it's okay to get older. Like, it's fine. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what have, what have you what have you learned up until this point that you want to share with people? Uh, believe in yourself, like really, really believe in yourself. And but at the same time, be able to take advice from others and learn when to apply it. Like it's like the perfect balance of like if you really believe in something, like believe in yourself and be intentional about the steps you take to get to where you want to go. And then also, again, take heed to the things that people try to tell you along the way because they can be useful. Like, I really, like, I know it's so cliche, but it's so true. Like, it's super true. And the more that I believe in myself, like, the more, you know, I don't know, the more confident I become, the more sure I am, but also the more vulnerable and the more humble I become as well because I understand that I'm flawed too. So... So That's what it. can you share that what can you share that you wanted that you want for yourself in this next phase? Uh and like in a physical aspect or just for like me? For you, whatever however you take that. However you want to <laughs> share. Um just um I don't know. That's that's tough. Just on a, a you know, the pizzeria. I'll just say that the pizzeria. Leave it at that. That's what's important right now. Okay, so we're gonna send all intentions to your pizzeria. Appreciate that. That's what's up. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> that's so silly. <laughs> yeah, well, well yeah. me the weather. Week, uh, I just been um doing all my you know national global stuff. I attended a bunch of different um conferences online this week. I attended um something called COP twenty six that I want to play you all a little bit from. That's a climate conference, a global climate conference. Um, also the women and environmental justice women in michigan environmental justice conference i'll probably play y'all a little bit of something from that and then um we had a meeting with the rising majority looking at like what happened post-election and how to move forward also i'm up for in a formation called it takes roots a very similar meeting uh, a rally with the front line <laughs> in a very similar conversation and then also with the Climate Justice Alliance in, a, in another similar conversation. So in all of these conversations, it's like the wrap up uh, from the election. So I'm going to share a little bit of that. But I want to this evening, the governor of Michigan shared uh, or came on to give us um, an update and in in her update you know she it's interesting she is getting such a pushback which is like an understatement from the right and so she's been getting threatened i should say that from the right and so um i know that you know folks saw uh when we had our uh, uh um election over the couple of days in Michigan as they and Detroit rather as they were doing the counting but all over 
but in Detroit in particular, as they were doing the counting down at the TCF center, which is if folks don't know about Detroit, we always say we're 85% um, black city. And so um, in our downtown, it, um, I wanna say it was very unnatural for there to be like extreme right-wing white armed white supremacists like in our downtown that were like at our counting uh at at you know at the base of where the, the count was taking place and um so you know that was like a whole thing and you know folks are blaming the governor but anyway um just wanted to say that the governor came on this evening to give her update and she did not it's not necessarily a shutdown she's basically saying how she wants people to curb everything for the next three weeks and she's taking her direction from her i would say uh appointed experts and so um i'm gonna play you a little bit long clip but it's only because i want to play you what the doctor is saying because the governor is going off of um her, the doctor that she's listening to. And this doctor, um, I'm gonna have to get her name while we're doing this, but uh, definitely wanna let y'all know this doctor is a black woman and um, she's an emergency doctor. She works in emergency room. And so, like I said, um, I That's just- That's interesting. That's really I mean, interesting. It's interesting, right? So I just wanna play y'all this clip so that y'all can hear directly from the doctor. And then um, I wanted to get any of your like feedback. It is a little bit long of a clip, um, but it's a lot of information. So just want to can share. We, like, can we do like what we were doing last week, like stop in between, like, and you can make some points in between if you feel like it. Mm -hmm. So at any point that y'all want me to stop, just say stop or pause. Okay, that's cool. Okay, All right. right, here we go. Thank you, Governor. Yesterday, we announced a total of 251,813 confirmed cases and 7,994 deaths due to COVID-19. In the past seven days, we've announced a total of 44,019 more cases. Some of those cases will not beat this virus. They will die. In the past week, we know of 416 people who have died from COVID-19. And by February 15th, models predict we could have as many as 20,000 additional deaths due to COVID-19 in Michigan. And many more of those cases, even if they live, they are facing potentially significant long-term health consequences. Things researchers are still learning more about. Things like heart problems, kidney problems, difficulty breathing, difficulty concentrating, and others. If we do not act now, there's no question that the next couple of months, next several months will be deadly and grim. This is not like the cold or the flu, and we simply cannot let this virus continue to spread out of control like it is now. Our case rates are rising at an alarming rate. Overall, we're at a case rate of 513 cases per million, and the percent of tests that are coming back positive is 12.5%. Test positivity rates across the various regions in the state ranges from 9 to 15%. Case rates range between 349 cases per million in the Traverse City region 
to 791 cases per million in the Upper Peninsula. Let me be clear, the entire state is seeing an alarming increase in cases. COVID-19 is spreading like wildfire, and we are now in the dreaded surge that we have warning, been warning about for months. We are doing very well with our testing. Last week, we were testing on average 54,000 people a day, and we are actually one of the top states in the country for testing. But we still need to test even more. If we do not test, we will not be able to find the disease, and we won't be able to stop its spread. There are many more people who have the virus and likely are not getting a test. So if you think you need a test, please get a test. That includes if you have symptoms or if you have been exposed. You can go to our website, www.michigan.gov forward slash coronavirus test, or you can call 211. They can help you find a testing site near you, many of which are actually free. Many of you out there are already doing the right thing. You're wearing your mask. You're not gathering in groups. You're washing your hands. Thank you. Please keep on doing that. But unfortunately, based on the data that we are seeing, our messaging and our warnings are simply not enough. It's putting us all at risk, including those who are doing their best and doing the right thing. We continue to see outbreaks, many of which are associated with being indoors and gathering. We are now investigating 980 total outbreaks and every week that number is increasing. Top categories are long-term care, K through 12 schools, manufacturing and construction, healthcare, bars and restaurants, and social gatherings. And let me talk a little bit more about schools. Of the 200 outbreaks that we are currently investigating among K through 12 students and staff, 49% of them are associated with high schools. Of the total number of individual cases associated with these outbreaks, almost two thirds of those are associated with high schools. That means that there are more total outbreaks associated with high schools and the outbreaks that we are seeing have more cases associated with them. So the thing is, this is preventable. That is what gives me hope. There are concrete things that we can do right now to stop the spread of this virus. We know outdoors is safer than indoors. And the larger the gathering, especially indoors, the more likely someone who has the virus will be there and spread it to others. And at the rates we are seeing right now, that likelihood is quite high. Avoid indoor gatherings if you can. And if you must gather indoors, you should not be interacting with more than one household. And make sure no one in either of your households are engaging in any risky behaviors. Otherwise, you're put, putting all of you at risk. I'm an emergency medicine physician. When someone calls 911, I'm the one who takes care of people when they are dropped in, in off by ambulance. Oftentimes, I'm the last person someone sees before they are put on a ventilator. And I'm often the one who has to tell a loved one that their family member is dead. My emergency physician colleagues across the country are tired. These are not just numbers. This is not just about projections and graphs. This is about real people, people who are mothers and fathers, grandparents, sisters, brothers, people's children. And it's about protecting our frontline healthcare workers, making sure there are enough hospital beds and staff to take care of COVID and non-COVID patients. Some of our hospitals are just days away from being overwhelmed. 
and many have over 80% of their inpatient beds occupied. Our hospitals are almost at capacity, but let me be clear, if you need medical assistance, please still talk to your doctor and certainly seek emergency care if you think you need it. Even if you do not need to go to an emergency room, we do not want people to delay important and necessary care. Things like cancer screenings or biopsies or evaluations for heart conditions or vaccinations. Those things must still happen. We want people to get the care they need in the right place. And our doctors and hospitals are still committed to providing those services safely. As the governor said, the next few months are going to be hard, but everyone just needs to focus on what they can do. Wear your mask, avoid indoor gatherings if you can, maintain your distance from others, get your flu shot, and please take care of your physical and your mental health. This pandemic will end, and if we do these very basic things, we will save lives. And with that, I will turn it over to... Okay, so um, that she's her name is Dr. Jonah S. Khaldun, and she's a chief medical executive and deputy direct and chief deputy director for health and human services for the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. Um, so in these roles, she provides medical guidance for the state of Michigan and oversees the public health and medical services, aging and adult services, and behavioral health and developmental disabilities administrations. So um, I could go on, but folks can look up her um, her pedigree. So, I mean, the governor spoke before her and then another one of the um, governor's appointees on, on COVID uh, spoke after her. They all pretty much reiterated one another, but I just wanted to start with her because she gave the data. So just wanted to get um, y'all's reaction to anything that you heard so far. I love how firm she was. Me too. She meant what she said, and it wasn't from a place of, like, you know, being bossy. It was just like, yo, this is my job, and I'm telling you what's real. She was very clear and concise, and and I agree with what she said about needing to do better as a society we're not taking care of each other when we continue to go out and whatnot yeah i mean i i appreciate um everything that you appreciated i think in general we all you know knew that there was going to be a second wave mm-hmm. and i just think that i mean at this point with us being there and the cases not being where they should be, like, I think it's the obvious that certain things were going to have to be eliminated. I mean, it's, again, she said it's not the flu, it's not the cold, but it is cold and flu season as well. So that just means that even if you don't have it, you still are, you know, coughing and sneezing and there's a lot of stuff going in the air just in general. So People need to be in the house anyway. It was cold as hell today outside. I know. <laughs> it's like degrees. So I'm like, you know what? At this point, it is what it is. I'm like, I, listen, like, I know people who literally are still getting it. Like, at this point, like, herd immunity, I think, is real. 
And I think that like, I'm not saying like that is the cure to it, but what I'm saying is, is I make that point to say that like anyone can get it. Like at this point, like you have to be careful, especially with us all going, you know, trying to go back to work, trying to do different things. Like it just was bound bound to be that we would be back into this point. And then per what they were saying too, you know, so I don't think she said anything that's out of alignment at all, you know, so yeah. Um, Do you guys feel like Governor um, Whitmer closed enough? Because I feel me, like say that again. Do you do you feel like she restricted enough? Because I feel like she didn't really change anything. I mean, I think at this point she understands that too. Like, okay, um, I, let me say, I think in general, Governor Whitmer has been fair across the board. Like when I look yeah. across the other states and see what other, you know, governors are doing, she's not doing anything to me that is across the boundaries of what any other state is doing. You know, mm-hmm. however, she does have, you know, a, a, a nice chunk of Michigan that's ready to, you know, her to be low hanging fruit at any point in the decisions that she makes. So I, I think... True she has to be a little bit strategic because of that, you know, and she's still going to be upset with what she's doing with this, you know, and yeah, right. even if people have to understand, even if this is some conspiracy theory of a bioweapon, which I'm inclined to believe some, at some days, depending on what day you talk to me, but you know, it's still here. Like <laughs> it's a bioweapon. Like it mm-hmm. works. Like, what are you doing? Like, if you believe that China somehow was trying to kill Americans or Americans were trying to kill Americans, like it's a weapon. Like you have to be careful still, like even if you know the source of it. So I don't know. That's all I got to say. I hope they don't top a black woman's head off though. That's my only thing. Like I like the sister being up there, but they better leave her alone. Cause all she's doing is, you know, like she said, it's not just number and graphs, and people confuse that. But not to mention, all these results are like two weeks old. All the data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So numbers yeah. I mean, are actually worse than what's are, being reported. And the cases are gonna go up. Like that's the mm-hmm. other thing. Like when people talk about fear mongering, like I didn't, I, I didn't feel any levels of fear mongering in what they were saying. You know, but I definitely think they were being stern and like giving like you know, what the worst case scenario could be. But, you know, I just feel like there's no need to like put any extra sauce on this because the cases are going to go up. Like it's only natural that the cases have already gone, gone up per how they, like you just said, Deja, like with the restrictions that were there, like how loose they were, it was only bound to go up to me, you know? So who knows? What you think, Piper? I'm just glad that um they put the I'm glad that when the the um governor the governor put the doctor up there because you know that the, the, there seems to be where they keep quote unquote like blaming uh Governor Whitmer right but the thing is that anything she- that's a to her she's listening to her experts right and she's yeah. based on the information that she's receiving you know from her experts and so 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. I truly appreciate is that the experts that she um you know has in her corner are thorough and are you know um black <laughs> and and looking at this from a perspective of you know um a detroiter of a black person um because for me that that gives me a bit more reassurance as to like you know um how like the direction in which do you know what i'm saying that she's taking because it's one thing right when um you know we see quote unquote experts and then the experts get to be you know what people that we're used to seeing in a so-called expert role right like a um a um like a, a a person who would you know have access to the level of education you understand what i'm saying and so mm-hmm. to have a person that's fulfilling a role of like you know keeping people safe that comes from where you come from you know that that person is has your back if that makes sense Do you know what I'm saying or no? It no, it does. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I do. I like Whitmer for I like Whitmer for that. I like uh, and I've always liked her for that. And but I don't but I don't disagree. I think I think that, uh, that there I don't disagree with what Deja brought up earlier um in that the larger the larger thing at play, right? So that doesn't that doesn't say that we're like safe from white supremacy, right? At all. That doesn't excuse her. That doesn't take Whitmer off the hook, right? For anything else. I'm just saying in this in this instance, I'm glad at the choice she made as to where to get her expertise. That's what I'm saying. Poppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you have thoughts, Jaira? Um I mean, I understood what she was saying, and uh, I just feel like most people won't really understand it or listen mm. because, I mean, it's, if it's already bad as it is right now, and there's been like plenty of warnings and plenty of like we were shut down for like a, you know we were already shut down for like weeks for was a month, and you know, the fact that people are still doing the same thing and it's getting worse just shows that people really don't care and they only, you know, they don't really see the true effects of it until it's them in the situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, That's mm-hmm. so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty interesting. I mean, in the land of so this lockdown is gonna it's gonna last for three weeks, right? Or is it until further notice? Um, three <laughs> weeks, starting Wednesday. Starting Wednesday, okay. Yeah, so yeah. you get a couple of days to figure your life out. Thanks. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> I don't get why all of the schools aren't closed. Why is it just high schools or middle school? And I think it should be the other way. I think it should be the other way around. Little kids are nasty. I feel like if they should close all schools because there are I, so I many too, elderly teachers, and you know I do too. that it's not just about the students; it's about the workforce. Oh wait, they yeah. answered that question. I'm gonna go to where there was a news person that a- answered that specific question. Hold on, where's the? Uh, I'm gonna go to there. I think all schools. I think all schools should be closed too. But I don't understand why they would choose it the way that they did when they decided to to keep something open. You mean the high schools? Yeah, there, there's a um, like well, that's different. I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. The uh, man, I'm like, where? I wish I had that saved. Hold on a second. I'm going. I'm trying to find the um, because in here there was um, that question got asked. I wonder did they cut this off after the uh, after he spoke? Cause like they they had the um, what is he called the um, I, I don't know what he is whatever his position is. Oh here we go. Okay hold on. So let me go back. Um, I just went to one of the people asked a question. And hold on, let me see what the she was answering that question that will be made at the local level. But these were the okay, let me see. Um, there was like someone less. Uh, okay, wait, okay, here we go. Let's see. One second, I hope people still have it in their authority to make uh, this policy change applicable to all ages and that's got to be that will be made at the local level but these were the um primary factors that went into the recommendation from experts to to creating this policy i'm gonna let dr j step into this is answering the question about why the high schools and not the middle schools and under because the kids can't stay at home Yes, that's right. as, as we uh, as I discussed in my remarks, if you look at all 200 K through 12 outbreaks that we are investigating, just under 50 percent, 49 percent of those total outbreaks are actually in the high school setting. And if you look at the outbreaks and how many individual cases are actually associated with the outbreaks, it's far greater in the in the high school setting. So based on that and the fact that there seems to be less spread, even when there there is um, an outbreak in the younger setting, there seems to be less spread. And we know that the high school students also, it's easier for them to uh, learn online. Uh, They may not need childcare for those reasons. That's why we thought this was the best thing to do uh, for the next three weeks. Okay, I'll buy that. That's cool. That's cool. I get that. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Okay. I get it. That's all. uh, Yeah. (laughs) I just wish that we didn't have to go through this at all. I do have a question about somebody was telling me they were listening to uh, like a talk show radio. And there was a superintendent who was saying that he believes that in about three years, we'll be able to see the true effects on this generation of kids as far as their like uh, social skills. And of course, like, you know, what they know in general, like, what do y'all think? Like, do y'all think 
do you think that we'll just all evolve and things will fall into place or do you think it's like gonna be like something that's super that super stands out about this generation because of COVID and how they've been educated? Um, I think that they'll be different. I mean, there are children that I see with anxiety in my job about COVID. Like, even when all this first started, like there were children that were scared to come. Parents would come get their glasses for them and they'd ask us how we can try to adjust them and show us pictures of their kids because the kids didn't want to leave the house. These are like elementary children Wow! watch the news all day and get paranoid and they turn into those kinds of sheep. Like, I think that generation, but that might be another, a whole another umbrella, but um, yeah, I think, I think they'll be more anxious as a result of all this. They got all, they have more shit to deal with than we did growing up. That's true. I don't know. I hope they'll be all right. All we can do is try to guide them. <laughs> That's true. Piper, what you think? I mean, I've been watching different, uh, what would you say, different um, reports, or if you will, about the impact that, you know, this is going to have on um future generations and yeah i mean people are you know predicting that in general um just like just like with any other generation right like for me um there was the uh you know 9-11 okay and before 9-11 the world was different for me and for many people, you know, we could get on the plane. We didn't have all this, you know, uh, the way that even just getting, you know, transportation and, you know, just the world was a lot different. Okay. Like before nine 11, nine 11 allowed for a lot of the, what I'm going to say, our rights to be taken away from us. So the things that I enjoyed, pre 9-11, the life that we enjoyed pre 9-11, that ended with 9-11, they were able to usher in a lot of stuff through the fear, you know, and whatever. And so our, our world is forever changed. There is no going backwards. There is no, like, we're not going quote unquote back to the way life was before COVID. Like, there's only going to be like a post COVID. Right. So mm -hmm. I definitely agree that young people, um, and everyone, uh, you know, life will just be different. You know, this masking yeah. up is going to be, you know, more normalized, you know, they're coming with more of the vaccinations, um, a lot more of the, you know, um, receptiveness to being locked down. There's like all of this, right? Um, I mean, there already was the distrust of information, but also, you know, we're in the information age. And so yeah. how do folks disseminate trustworthy information, trustworthy data? How do folks disseminate like what's healthy and good versus like what's harmful? You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
mm-hmm. um, how do folks source their information? You know, these types of things like, and so true, even our moves, right? Like the way we move, the way we see things, you know, like this generation is a bit more receptive to surveillance and being surveilled and being, you know, under the guise of quote unquote transparency. You understand what I'm saying? Like giving up privacy as how folks uh, define that as safety, right? And so even just this, these types of, you know, changes in our society and in our, our uh, ideologies as a society, I don't know. Um, I definitely think we're forever changed and we're not going back. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's what I think. I feel the same way too. I feel like exactly what I love when you give the analogy of 9-11. Like there are things that just are, will never be the same. And I think that's like naturally we are here to like evolve and grow. So when things happen like earth shattering, earthquakes and volcanoes, like COVID, like things won't be the same. Like, and I, I feel the exact same way. But the other thing that I wanted to ask you, Piper, is because you sent some stuff earlier this week about vaccinations. And you sent something in regards, I th- in Deja, I think you sent something too about Ticketmaster and vaccinations mm-hmm. and the things that were going to come into play. Like, did you guys want to talk about what you know about, a little bit about what you know about that? Um... Just that, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to take it. I don't like vaccinations. Um, I just don't like stuff I don't understand in my body. I get the concept, but they also, I mean, this is a new medicine that they just created. So I don't trust it. I'm not ready to take it. I'm not ready to change my life or have to restructure my life because I don't want to take it if there will be repercussions from that. So I don't know. I'm not with it. I don't like it. I don't want it. That's how I feel. That's all I know. Um, I got a clip. It's a news clip. Um, It's a bit long, but I want to play it just for folks to uh, hear uh, from the news clip, if that's cool. Does. One of the things that people are most forward or rather looking forward to is going to a live concert, of course. But when you go to a Ticketmaster event, well, you better be able to prove that you've had the COVID-19 vaccine or a negative test. KKLM's Candice Crone spoke with a medical expert and some music lovers about the plan. Fans of the hit group BTS and longtime Elton John lovers are likely having a tough time not seeing their favorite artists in concert due to the pandemic. Music lover Aaron Crowley guests can relate. He reminisced on the last live show he saw. Kelly Clarkson, and it was amazing. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, Kelly Clarkson, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> it was great. I, don't, I haven't gone to a lot of concerts in my life, and she puts on a really good show. Ticketmaster just announced in order for fans to attend concerts in the future, they may have to provide proof of a negative COVID test before entering a venue. That test would have to be within a 24 to 72 hour window. Anyone who tests positive for the virus or doesn't get screened will not be allowed into the concert. UCLA epidemiology professor Anne Ramoyne says that idea may sound good, but there are more complex issues associated with large gatherings at this time. The test that you have today 
um, doesn't mean that you can't get exposed and then also and then become um, infected after that time. Ramoyne added false negatives and other malfunctions can give a false sense of security and make people feel safer than they actually are. I miss it too, but I, I really implore people to just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. The plan is still. So wait, so yeah, she's basically saying like if you upload your test, right? Like, so you go get your test, then you get your test results. So however long that takes, then you get, so you upload your test and it's 72 hours before you purchase your ticket or 24 hours before you purchase your ticket. Then within, let's say like you get the test on, on the, <laughs> you get the COVID on the day you took the test. But you've uploaded your test. Now you go into the concert. You might go with COVID. That's basically what she's saying. That is going to be so hard to manage. Like that department is going to be like have so much turnover. Their turnover is going to be crazy because managing seeing people's COVID tests. Oh my god. You're right. I don't know. That's wild. But I definitely feel as if they are going to try to enforce the vaccine through doing things like that. Like. I think we were talking about it like you since they can't possibly like create certain like laws that say like you gotta have the vaccine they're gonna do certain things like oh um if you haven't been vaccinated you you're not allowed to do this or that so New York City that's what yeah yeah that's right that's right you you that's what you said yeah New York that's City what you they're looking to well, um I was trying to find a shorter clip because most of these clips are like kind of long, but um, like Australia, um, even in the UK, um, I mean, New York City, these are places where um, there's actually, uh, New York City actually passed the mandatory uh, vaccination, um, California passed it's not it. Even, like, I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not even here like that is that is so wild to me that's not wild to y'all yeah it is it's scary i mean it's super scary um i was trying to find um yeah like okay i was trying to find a more like these reliable sources um you know, to where they were like, you know, naming it. Mm -hmm. um, but right now I'm only finding these, uh, <laughs> these kind of unreliable sources. So I don't want to like spread bad information, but yeah. Um, so, and most of the ones to be quite honest with you that I'm even finding are like, like 90% of these are like from five years ago. Really, Piper? Where they're, yeah. Wow. Um, but uh, I was trying to find, because I was listening to a, um, I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the um, most recent, during the Corona mandatory uh, vaccine. And so, um I wanted to pull that up, 
you know, pull up that clip. It, another one was um, it, that I was saying in Canada, where the prime minister and all of them were on the floor and uh, of their parliament, um, and they were suggesting the meant like building these uh, mandatory quarantine spaces that are mm -hmm. kind of like concentration camps. So let's say like if you go to Canada, they're making it mandatory that you have to quarantine for seven days when you get there. And then if you come back, you should quarantine for seven days. So a lot of countries are uh, mandating that folks quarantine for 14 days. So like seven days when you get into the country and seven days when you get back home to your country. That's what a lot of the, uh, but, but like, you know, in Canada, they actually have a place where they are, um, where they've, that they've created, where people can go and like quarantine in this place. So, yeah, cause that's a whole nother thing too. Right. Cause let's say like, yeah, you go so wherever you go, let's you go to another country or someone comes here, where do you quarantine right now? the suggestion is to quarantine in a hotel but like to me and this is just my little ignorant brain like a hotel seems like a really public place to be quarantining it doesn't seem it, it does. you know what i mean mm -hmm. i do yeah so all right, I, and okay, I found, so I, I found clips from five I'm years sorry. ago. So no, I said most of these clips I found for the California one is like from five years ago. So, mm. oh, oh, um, wait. I wanted to say something. You know what? Go ahead, go ahead, because this clip is long as hell. I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna chop this clip down and probably play it on a different show. But this is the one from the World Health Organization from four days ago. Okay. it's an hour long, so that's another show. Um, um, just when you just started mentioning like different, like, uh, continents and countries, it made me think about, did you guys see when they were talking about how Africa, uh, dealt with the coronavirus and how they're succeeding, how they're like the best continent? Mm -mm. Um, yeah, they have like, I can't give you the data, but they have like the low, the lowest amount of cases and, they started like researching why they've just done better and it's because of course like that their government are like you know handling it they say pretty well but they're handling it well because of all the different viruses that they've had to deal with in the past like ebola like there was so they got received so much help and they did so much um, like data mining and understanding how they failed and the things that they learned through Ebola that when it comes to other viruses, they're just super prepared and SARS too. But I just thought that was so interesting, but that, and then also, you know, just to give credit to the citizens, they really listened. They even had like a ticket system, like, you know, you're walking down the street and you don't have a mask on, like you would be, you know, you'll be ticketed. Like, I think it's like 10 bucks, but it's just the point that they had like little, intricate things in place that like went a long way I um think, here's like, a clip that i found uh now this one is a bit old when i say old it's like three months old 
Oh no, this one is a mask order. Never mind. COVID crisis. Never mind. This one is a mask order. I'm trying to find the one about the um, the vaccine. So no, sorry guys. No, you guys could go ahead. I'm um. No, no, I was just I just was making that point about Africa, people the their uh, continent doing really well when it comes to COVID cases and what attributed to that. And it's funny because I'm finding the the proper, um, you know, um, sources, but I'm gonna have to listen to these and chop these down because these clips are long. They're like 20 minutes, an hour. So I'm gonna chop them down and then play them in a different um, show because what I don't want to do is play. What I do want to do is play good clips and what i don't want to do is play like disinformation clips you know what i'm saying but i will say okay you know what this is a good clip to play um and it's not it's long but it's but it's good um so i trust democracy now information and this one is basically about how the anti-vax movement could undermine the coronavirus vaccine effort. So this will be a good one to listen to because that's kind of the crux of uh, what this conversation is about anyway. So this is this might be something that could give shed some light. And this one, this one is from like six months ago. So we I could find some more recent clips, but I'm gonna play this one. As I'm sure you know, many people are relying on the development of a vaccine, even if it'll take uh, from 12 to 18 months. But you've said that even a vaccine uh, won't be a, a silver bullet, as you said. Uh, why is that? First, I think when we say 12 to 18 months, you know, that is an optimistic timeline. Is it realistic? Uh, I don't think it's it is very realistic knowing that, you know, developing a vaccine actually takes years and years. We really need to be very careful and making sure that we're having a safe and effective vaccine to actually administer to the American public and globally. Um, and I think once we do have a vaccine that is uh, safe and proven to be safe and effective, and whenever that will be, we're going to have to jump through additional hurdles, like those that are hesitant to actually get vaccinated. Um, you know, as you know, you may be um, aware, the anti-vax movement is vast. Um, it actually is actually one of the the biggest uh, one of the biggest global health problems that we have in the in the world. Um, and so we need to make sure that even once we have a vaccine available, people are actually um, able and not less reluctant to actually get vaccinated. But even on top of that, when these van vaccines are manufactured, not everybody's going to get the vaccine at the same time. There are going to be there's going to be a short supply, and to get everyone vaccinated will take years. You know, we're a very very large com uh, country with many individuals, and to to be able to vaccinate everybody that is eligible to get vaccinated will take at least a year or two, or maybe even longer. Um, and so we need to really face the facts and know that this is where we're at, and we know that there's going to be additional hurdles once that vaccine is available. And so this whole notion of herd immunity um, and so on and so forth, we really need to give it a lot more thought. So um, what do y'all think about that? Y'all there? Yeah. So what are your thoughts about what she just said? Well, I feel like it's true that, you know, it is going to take a long time because everyone 
aren't capable. Like, you know, some people are homeless. Some people don't have transportation to even get to the necessary places to take a vaccine, you know? So I feel like it's going to be very difficult. It might, it might never be, you know, normal again. I think we just might have to face the fact that having a mask might just be a part of our new, like, our attire. um, Do you have thoughts, Brittany? Um, no, I mean, I, uh, I feel as if the, the, I just feel as if the vaccine is, is going to be, it's probably going to be mandatory. I mean, I think Jaira said it. I think we talked about it. Like, I just think that when it comes to traveling, um, not just to even certain, like I just was mentioning in Africa and the things that they have in place because of how many diseases and things and um, viruses that have attacked their continent, there's things in place that they have to have when you visit. You know, I don't know what it is if, 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 when you go there, they they um, list you all the vac- that, uh, vaccines you need to take. But the only reason why I even bring that up is to just say that I think part of it's going to be, you know, again, transactional. If you want to do this, you have to prove that you're vaccinated. And then you're going to have to make a decision on, you know, what you choose to do. Like, how do you choose to lose, uh, live your life? What your new lifestyle is going to be based on if you want to be vaccinated or not. Um, I think it's also going to be politicized. I think the conversation of people being anti-vaxxers um, is going to be, is going to be like, a, like the battle between the right and the left. But I think people are going to start baiting each other for wanting a vaccine. And then people who don't want the vaccine, I can, I can foresee that. So, I mean, I just think it's, the process of it, I mean, I like Deja said, like they're it seems as if they're really trying to rush it and force it um and sell it. Um, I don't know. I've you know, this is my first time experiencing, you know, like a um a global pandemic to this degree. So I don't really I have to go back and do like my research to see, you know, how they've handled other pandemics like this, like with the Spanish flu. I know that the Spanish flu they were all happy to take the vaccine because it was just that bad. You know what I mean? It was horrible. Like it was even worse than a coronavirus. And the vaccination is actually, I think Spanish flu is when vaccinations were actually became popularized. But I don't know. Um, that's just vaccines are scary. All that type of the type of medicine on this side of the um, planet is scary to me. So Okay, I found another report. This one is, um, so long story short, uh, so the state bar, (laughs) right, they, um, recommended that, uh, there be a mandatory, for the state of New York City, that they, uh, that there be mandatory, uh, COVID vaccination. And they said basically that the resolution does contain conditions limiting its scope to those that the state government should only consider making vaccinations mandatory if COVID vaccinations fall short of producing needed levels of population immunity. 
and that an assessment of the health threat to various communities be made so that perhaps the mandate can be targeted and that a mandate only be considered after there is ex expert consensus about the vaccine's safety and efficacy. And it says, um, basically, it, uh, it, it, it's, it's even ob objecting to the uh, religious and philosophical reasons that have been able to be used, you know, in the past. And so that's, um, that's something that I would say is very different, you know what I mean, than um, we've seen before, because, you know, uh, we've seen where there's been um, limited mandatory vaccinations for things like measles and all, you know, these other, uh, you know, the flu, like, um, let's say like, you know, you, uh, people have not being able to enter their children into school or um, not being able to enter a certain country unless you have these certain vaccinations. Like we've, we've already been living that and experiencing that for other, um, you know, uh, uh, these, these uh, what do you call them, public health risks. And so you, but in general, people have been able to use the, um, I don't wanna say the excuse, but have been able to, to, to utilize their religion or their ideological philosophies to get around that. So this one basically is not allowing people to be able to use that. So that's something that's very different, but th but this is a recommendation that's been done by uh, the New York State um, Bar. Um, at the moment, the federal government has not um, recommended this. It's been discussed, but it hasn't been a recommendation yet. So um, hopefully, I mean, I've seen some debate on the federal level, meaning I've seen Fauci um, say uh, emphatically, um, I do not recommend a mandatory vaccine, right? Um, so, you know, and he's our public minister of health or whatever his, you know, title is. But I think there are, to Deja's point and to your point, Brittany, there are there is a lot of manipulation that's happening in media and fear tactics to be able to steer people to do certain behaviors and accept certain things. And so that's the nefariousness of it, because while there is a real threat, or should I reverse that statement and say, while there is manipulation, there is also a real threat. You know exactly yeah Being, yeah that's exactly how i feel so determining like what's what has become more difficult it's like you got to be a chess mm -hmm. ninja you know like yes doing media literacy and looking mm -hmm. at the sources and who's saying what and then looking those people up and looking up their yep. pedigree and how they've done things before like and everyone's got who owns the website <laughs> like all that all, all that right so maybe that's some of more what we could do on this podcast is when we give stuff like look more into our sources and and give that kind of thing so that we're not contributing to the misinformation of the world, you know. No, that's 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 a good thing. That's a good thing. Yeah. So I don't know. We spend a lot of time talking about COVID, but I don't know. COVID is like pretty consuming at this point. Um, 
in a sense, especially since we personally just went under a, I'm gonna call it a soft lockdown. Um, yeah. Experimental okay. soft lockdown for the next three weeks. So we see what's, what's <laughs> the next thing. Um, but yeah, so just wanted to, um, I wanted to give some stuff on the climate, but I could give that a little bit later. I wanted to like um, toss it over to you, Jaira, and give us our tech report. Alrighty. So this one is, so I have like a new um, hacking report. This one is fairly, it's not super old, but it was earlier this year in October on the 19th. Um, a mysterious hacker group called Robinhood has um, donated stolen money to two different charities. One of them were Children International and the other one was um, the Water Project, Water Project. And so apparently this group, they um, extorted millions of dollars from companies, but they were all, it was all stolen in cryptocurrency, Bitcoin. And this group sent $10,000 to each of those um, charities. But the rest of the money, you know, I'm sure they kept for themselves, but they did send money to these two charities and have receipts as proof of evidence but these two charities did deny the money that they um they didn't they didn't accept the money that the that this group gave to them they uh declined it because they did not want to be involved with it and they felt like it was just wrong for them to even take it which most people you know agreed with them with that mm-hmm. So what, are you, what are your thoughts on that, Jaira? As you're as you're learning about that, uh, I feel like it's crazy to see that. Um, it seems like nowadays hackers know that it's easy for them to steal money, but some try to be nice in a way or in a sense try to show that they can do good i don't think they were doing it just to be nice i think they were just showing that that not all hackers are bad because they could have just took the money and just left but instead they announced themselves as robin hood and proceeded to give them money um give the hack give the uh charity money of the millions of dollars that they stole so so what do you think as a future cyber security guy like what are your thoughts like you know what i'm saying about about that whole situation like from your cyber security side of yourself well after looking over all the facts of what you know happened in the case I feel like it was, it was a, it was, the whole situation was wrong. Everything that they did was still wrong, regardless if they gave it to them or not. 
because um, they did take stolen money that was not theirs from companies that probably needed it. Who knows what kind of companies that they stole it from? They probably stole it from the charities that, uh, you know, they probably, they probably stole the money from uh, charities that, you know, you need this money. You know, there's no telling where that, where half of that money, because it was, they said it was in millions. So there's no telling where most of it came from. They probably stole some from other, other charities to give to these two. I don't, I don't know why they gave them to those two charities specifically, but they gave it to them for some specific reason, I feel like. Um, so I feel like there's more to the story than what is being told. Um, and how would you but nonetheless huh? I was gonna say how would you go about I mean I know you're still new to your whole cybersecurity self but how would you go about you know trying to decipher everything well I would first of course figure out the motive as to why they what was the reasoning behind why they did it and try to figure out a reason why those why they chose those two charities specifically if they were like involved with their hacking in a way or they are working with them in a way because you know regardless if they declined it or not um they only chose those two charities out of you know the hundreds of other charities that there are and it just raises suspicion in within those two so I would definitely, you know, question the people in charge of those two charities just to see what their point of view is and why they declined the money or why they even um, took consideration into looking at the money in general when they knew that it was from a, it was in cryptocurrency, which a currency that, you know, they probably aren't used to receiving And how, so it just in the land of crypto, because I want to say what, like, definitely like eight years ago, seven, like 2013, 2014, when crypto was first rising and everybody was like all about get on the crypto bandwagon. And then it ballooned, I want to say like around 2015, 16, and then it was all the rage in like 2017, 18. Yeah. And now in 2020, it seems, and this is just like, I'm not by any means like in the crypto world like that, but it seems oh. as though people are more, so it seems as though um, more like regulatory types of institutions like banks, are trying to like you know regulate the crypto which is kind of like corrupting the whole mission or reason behind crypto in a sense and these con these capitalist concepts of like you know greed and and you know theft and all this kind of stuff is starting to creep in well not starting but is is now you know becoming a fact of the matter because initially most of the folks i know that were really doing crypto um they were like anti-capitalists and they were looking at crypto as a way 
to like bring more people together in a way that everyone could, you know, have control and and shared and a shared wealth, right? And and shared power. So I'm just mm-hmm. wondering, like, um, if number one, you see anything, um, you know, like that going on if you're still involved with you know learning about crypto or where are you with that well myself i trade cryptocurrency myself so i do see some value in it as far as like a trading perspective but um cryptocurrency they're trying to create it into a new like they want it to be the new like dollar sign in a way to where that's what um everyone used to, you know, purchase things, which, I mean, if people are doing that now in a way, you know, through the dark web and um, just through social media or just trading in general, but it's not used on a public perspective as far as like just going to the store and was like, hey, can I use, uh, you know, I want to use my point one of my Bitcoin to pay for this, you know, cartridge of milk. It's not like used in that sense. It's more so used for like business. So it's kind of easy to be, um, it's, nowadays it's much easier to hack due to how, how much people don't have knowledge of it. So a lot of people wouldn't know what to do if they get, you know, like one Bitcoin, they wouldn't know where to go with it. So I feel like it's, it's also part of people not knowing enough in that world. Mm-hmm. Do y'all have thoughts like Deja, Brittany? I love lear- learning and listening. So I don't know. I hope to get into it and just be able to contribute to this part of the show. <laughs> 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 There's so much to it. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah, it's but a lot to learn. At least I have you guys to help me, especially Jared. <laughs> He's going to be my little inside agent. <laughs> With his drone now. <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's the best investment I have. I know done so your far. your footage looks so good too. <laughs> oh, that's just the beginning. It's gonna get even better. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like this is already <laughs> good. Yeah, I'm wondering. What about you, Brittany? Hey, Ms. Dazer, just absorbing. I like what he said about if people had a um a Bitcoin in their hand, they wouldn't really know what to do with it. I think it's interesting that you trade. What does that involve? Like, can you give us a little bit of what that means? Um, yeah, so it's it's more so uh, watching the stocks. So what I usually do, some other people just keep it. Like some people just get Bitcoin, like for when it first started around, I don't quite remember the year where it was like irrelevant, but it was like in the early, it, it was early, it wasn't too far away um, how long ago when most people didn't even care about Bitcoin and it was mm-hmm. like worth like a penny. But those people who were interested in Bitcoin, you know, has seen really good uh, wealth from it now because that penny that they put into Bitcoin now is probably like <laughs> like $1 million or more mm-hmm. because that's so much, one, like one Bitcoin is I think what, uh, 10, no. No, it's like a million dollars or so. It's, it's it's a large number, but I mean, um, hmm? when is the last time it fluctuated? 
it it actually fluctuates. It actually it actually the the amount of um the stocks for Bitcoin rises a lot. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it go um, down in a very long time, like as far as okay. like a dramatic uh, dip. Okay. But usually, um, it's always rising, and it's just Bitcoin is being more and more. Um, it's getting more expensive to have one Bitcoin. Is there so any other crypto? You... Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna ask: Is there any other cryptocurrency that's worth? investing in beyond bitcoin at this point oh yeah there's there, honestly <laughs> there's so many different types of cryptocurrency now bitcoin isn't mm-hmm. the only one but it's the most major one and but there's like different types of cryptocurrency you can actually go on cash app and start investing right now like if you have if anybody has like a cash app you can go onto the stocks part, the stocks part of cash app and you can start like investing into like a small bit of Bitcoin or a small bit of um, the other cryptocurrencies that are out there. Is there anyone that that's worth to you investing in beyond Bitcoin though? Uh, let me see. There, I can't quite remember. The names of these cryptocurrencies are like, they're, they're getting more sophisticated and <laughs> it's very hard to keep track of that's the funny. names. Mm-hmm. But there are, so it's like Bitcoin, there's there's hundreds yeah there's there's so many uh, yeah but that's why i'm just another. like but i've never heard of like any other one like really really be like like just like super mainstream as much as bitcoin and again like Dave's just i'm not in that world so i can't i know that they exist but i just don't know if they're like replica you know a, a good one or one that like that I, that's the part that i'm talking about so when you talk to people that are in this kind of culture right it's initially the crypto culture isn't is not the banking finance culture it is now okay because they're mm-hmm. like oh you know so it's not the capitalist culture the initial culture of the crypto was in a response to having new economies Mm -hmm. and so it's an response like what else how else could we trade value how else could we create value and it was really to undermine banks it was really as i want to say an attack against banks and to reduce the value of money or to reduce the need for money right um that was the initial point of bitcoin it was like you know how could we create a shared system where like we create the value of it it's our exchange you know this kind of thing and um now that like the banks and the finance people have gotten their hands on it it's really corrupted the culture and the ideology of of why it was created and so you got like hip hop <laughs> pretty much <laughs> And so you got something like a Bitcoin, right? Which is a brand that is uh, one of the, I think it is the first. um, But the whole thing with Bitcoin is Bitcoin is a bit, is more mainstream. So it is acceptable in different um, stores and venues and, you know, even banks, you know, but, um, but like there, 
so there are other coins that are created so that there's a different form of currency that's happening like within communities so uh, remember Ingrid came on and talked to us a lot about what's going on in Africa with the different coins so that folks could purchase yeah. uh, land or, mm -hmm. um, or even here in Detroit there's some coins where folks could do like trading amongst one another and so there's just a different there's just a different philosophical base or philosophical reason behind crypto in and of itself so even having questions about like which one is worth more that's still in the land of capitalism you understand what i'm saying because it's still this 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 idea that like well which one is going to make me wealthy or which one is worth it or which one is going to make me rich type of thing when in essence the whole thing around crypto initially or even some of the communities that exist to this day is so that um folks could actually get off of the capitalist train if you will and and really you know create wealth and trade amongst each other create more value yeah. with value within your own community in a sense conceptually it's like you know i want to say having your own dollar but that would be really like that's a more like simpler way of trying to understand it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's even it's even shifting the idea of value. Because like value, in a sense, is like something is quote unquote expensive or costs a lot of money, right? Or and so like we consider uh, natural elements to be more valuable, right? So. Um, things that are made from natural elements, you know, usually cost more, right? And so the closer to their purity that they are, the more expensive that they are, right? Because the more money we could get for the thing. But that also feeds into, you know, these other ideas about ownership, about um, control of resources, about extraction, exploitation. So, there's all of that that's built into capitalism in and of itself. You know what I mean? Commodifying natural resources, you know, all this type of thing. So the idea around crypto is really removing those types of ideas and moving more into collectivism, interdependence, and that kind of thing. That's yeah. my that's that, that's my understanding of it. Yeah. But, you know, but we could probably go in if you want, if y'all wanted to uh, even experiment, we could go in on a Bitcoin or some type of coin and and, and be um, watching it if you want to do that as a group. Yeah, I mean, we could, I cool. see, well, Ethereum is another form of a cryptocurrency. That's the, like the second that's, largest. That's what I was there. Yeah. Okay. What? So, um. okay. So. I like that's the thing like what I hear what you're saying Piper like the, the purpose of it so that's what I'm saying like are there like certain reasons why you would get one cryptocurrency go over like say okay I want to do Bitcoin because of this and I'd rather do the one you just mentioned like kind of like what you were talking about with the PS5 and the Xbox right like are do people choose one over the other for specific reasons 
Yeah, in a way, because some are more vulnerable to hacking or not necessarily hacking, but um, some are more, some are more, well, some are more valuable than others and some are more prone to being uh, uh, frauded in a way. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on what your preference is, but. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I would love to go in on something like that. That would be cool. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. Also, um, I want to talk about Apple. They just came out and released their new Mac OS um, soft, uh, update, sorry, uh, Big Sur. And I was pretty, I'm pretty hyped about it. I'm pretty excited for what they're trying to do, uh, especially with their new M1 chip which is a built-in uh, uh, system. It's like a, uh, how to explain it? It's more of like a, like, it's part of your computer as far as like in the motherboard. And this chip is supposed to make your computer a hundred times faster than, you know, the previous uh, Macs that they had out. And it's supposed to be, it. Honestly, after seeing like the trailer and how they use it, I feel like it's gonna be, you know, it's what's gonna be the future for everything. And Apple's gonna really take off and take over everything. And it's gonna be much faster and quicker than any other computer out there. Do you have um, any sort of uh, test available or is it not available yet? Any tests? What do you mean by tests? Like, is it ready, or is it? A oh bit- no, not yet. Well, they they're about to release the laptops and um, the you know the new lineup for this chip. There's gonna be a, a new Mac Mini. There's gonna be a new uh, iMac and a new uh, Mac Air, uh, MacBook Air and MacBook Pro. So there's gonna be like a whole new little lineup that they have for uh, this new chip. And it's going to be a very large jump for Apple. And they're going to blow everyone out the water as far as how much they're advancing than the other, than this competition. Mm. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds really exciting. That sounds like a good Apple product. I wonder if they're, yeah, yeah I was saying, I wonder if they're releasing any test um, models, any testing you know uh not as of yet because they're still working out the kinks and you know they're trying to make sure it runs perfectly before they release anything you know usually it takes apple a long time before they really release things especially like their um like the ios 14 it took us so long to get this update on our on our iphones but they wanted to make sure it worked right and you know it is that the one the that people that... needed be- is that the one people needed per what you were talking about a couple weeks ago um, you know how you said the new, the, the, you know, remember how you said the new update was giving some people errors? Yeah, it was, uh, it, it was like, little, well, it wasn't the update per se. It was more so people upgrading to the beta before the update came out. And I mean, they did, Apple did oh, okay. people that there okay. will be, you know, errors. Okay, I got you. Mm-hmm. So we just got to wait, I suppose. So that comes out. Yeah, it's, it, 
It should be out either. Yeah, it should be out. I can't when you see. It should be out this year that they're releasing the new generation, either this year or early, sometime next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have the quite direct information on when they're going to release it. They didn't give us the release date, but they did say it is coming soon. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll look out for that. I have Apple everything. I've been on Apple everything yeah, since Apple all the way. 84. So. I love MacBooks. Yeah, I got MacBook Pro. I got, Mac, I got MacBook Air. I got iMac. I got two iPhones, the iPhone Pro Max. I've been on iPhone since they first came out. And I've been on, I've always had an Apple or iMac or so. Every, like I said, I've always had an Apple since 84. So they got me. I'm uh-huh. brand loyal. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I, honestly, when people say, oh, uh, I hate Apple or I hate this, I just, I'm pro, I'm more. Uh, Android and things like that. I'm like, I just feel like those kind of people aren't. They haven't experienced um, it. <laughs> yeah, they, they're they're too. They're. I feel like generally those type of people they're scared to try new things. They they're just stuck in their ways and they don't want to try anything other than what they're used to. Yeah, or they feel like if everyone wants Apple and they want to be different, so they get Android. And I'm yeah, like, but you're still missing out. Like. Yeah, you're missing out on, you know, some really good tech. It's if funny you, when people talk even... about, It's funny when okay. people talk about it and I'm like, "Have you ever owned an iPhone?" And then they're like, <laughs> "Uh, no." I'm like, "Oh, okay." Talk a lot about it for never to have to own one. <laughs> but in general, I mean, for real for real, like I will say this. Apple runs on Unix and yeah. for like for real, for real, if you really just want to, you know, be a hundred about it, Apple is like fun. Okay, it's just like fun. Let me give it, I'll give you the real. If you just want to get stuff done, get you a Raspberry Pi, and get oh, be on yeah. Linux. You know, be on the Linux. That's what I have with a Raspberry have Pi. Raspberry Pi you can get for like forty bucks now. Or you could build mm-hmm. it. You can build it yourself, uh, and you know, get on Linux, and that's really the best thing. You know, if you're talking about like technology and just being able to access, you know, robust features, and you can do everything that you could do on any of these uh, branded, you know, machines. You could do video. You could do streaming. You can access the internet. You could do all your graphics. You could do your gaming. You could do everything on, on, for like, if you spent real talk, like, I don't know, 150 or 200 bucks between a Raspberry Pi, your internet connection, a screen, a mouse, and a, a, a keyboard, you, you could have, pretty much top of the line you know what i'm saying and the graphics card of course you could pretty much be or if you make your own graphics card you know you could be pretty much top of the line for about i don't 150 200 bucks if you built it yourself you know and it's not that difficult you could it's not like like i did it i did i i learned how to build them 
And it's it's so easy, but I'm gonna just keep it a buck. I prefer Apple because I like the machine. I like the hardware. I like the way, you know, you can interface with all the different um, you know, um apps. I like, you know, it's convenient. I like the way things look. You know what I'm saying? I like the interfaces. So um I'm a visual person, you know, I do photography photography video. So for me, you know, sound, I like, you know, is 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 more about my 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 preference. But it's not like you actually quote unquote need to spend like this much money to to get this done. You know what I'm saying? You really don't. Um you can actually build your own you can build your own um desktop computer, like a PC. Uh, for like under like 500. Yeah. So. So I don't know. Well, Deja. You there? Peace. So Peace. Um, what's going on with your generation? Why are y'all shooting up everybody? <laughs> That's not us. I don't know. I don't know who. I don't know what's going on in Texas, but I don't think it was our generation that shot these rappers. Was I it, it Richie's generation? Nah, that's your generation. You, Boosie, and Benny. Oh, oh. Your cousins. Oh, oh. Your cousins. Yeah, girl. So, what happened? I mean, how many people are we talking about? Benny the Butcher. We talking about Boosie Badass. Boosie. And what's the other guy name? Is his name MO3? Oh no. Um King Von or who? Well, yeah, so so King Von. Um, I mean, what's going on? Y'all are the youngins. Look at me trying to blame y'all, but y'all are the youngins. <laughs> y'all gotta explain to me what's going on in the world of hip hop. I don't know. You know what's crazy? I was on my way to work or somewhere a few days ago, and a little baby's, like, political song or whatever came on the radio, and I've heard it, like, many times before, but that day it just really got me, and I was, like, really just grateful that he decided to make a song about that, because he didn't have to do that. So powerful. I know. It should have gave me chills that time I listened to it, and I don't know what came over me, but I was just everything he said that he did that. And I hope like the youth took that message for real. Mm. Tell us about that message, huh? Tell us about the message. The song is just about um, how the government isn't on our side as like black people and. we need to stand up for ourselves and march and vote and um, how although he makes songs about killing people and whatnot, he did that because he had to survive and that was the environment that he had to survive in. So that's why he had to do those things, but he wasn't talking about it as a way to glorify it. That was just him telling you about his life and he doesn't want anybody else to glorify it or think that shit is cool. That's just what he had to do to make it out of the hood. And I thought that was a real message. That was basically the gist of the song. And yeah, I just, he's he's a real nigga for that. <laughs> yeah, he is. A real nigga hat for the day for that one. So, but what's going on with all of this? Okay. What's going on with all this shooting? Oh. Hello? Hello? 
You there, Deja? Deja, you there? Yeah, I don't know what happened. I couldn't hear anyone for a second. Yeah, I was just asking, like, what's going on with all the shooting? That I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what's going on with that. I know Biden's about to try to take everybody's guns away. So maybe we'll see what happens. (laughs) What about you, uh, Brittany? Do you have an explanation for what's going on? Honestly, I don't know anything that happened. Um, I don't, I have no clue. The the Benny the Butcher just ha- just got released on the internet, I think, today. Right, Deja? Or no, it was yesterday or today? No, that was today. And then Boosie was, like, the last couple days. And then King Von was, what, last week? Two weeks ago. I'm not 100% sure. But mm-hmm. I, don't, I saw that. Um, T.I. made a statement about um, when King Von passed away um, you know handle your beefs in your own hood this is corny and then like he got a lot of flack for that I wanted to ask y'all what what y'all thought about that I did yeah Piper did you hear that what I did I'm looking for the clip now I had this other I had these you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up this um I'm gonna pull up the Benny the Butcher clip first and while that's playing, I'm going to look for the T.I. clip. So uh, this is from, okay. um, I don't know, if the, you know, I, I, I kind of trust this site. This is Hip Hop DX. They usually have um, pretty accurate information. So um, I'm going to play the clip. Okay, guys, so check this out. Twitter started to swell with tweets suggesting Benny the Butcher was shot in Houston, Texas over the weekend. According to KHOU 11, the Houston Police Department said officers are investigating after at least one person was shot during an attempted robbery in a Walmart parking lot on Saturday afternoon, November 14th. The unidentified man is rumored to be the Griselda MC. On Sunday, November 15th, numerous fans took to social media platform with questions such as, Benny the Butcher got shot? Did anyone hear Benny got shot? Now TMZ has confirmed with the HPD, Benny was indeed the victim in the botched robbery. The Buffalo bread wrapper was in town, likely on business, and hit up a local Walmart with a couple of his friends. While they were sitting in their car, another vehicle with five men inside pulled up next to them, drew their guns, and demanded their chains. Benny and his crew were apparently moving too slow for the alleged robbers, so one of them fired around into Benny's leg and they quickly fled. Benny and his friends spilled off as well, but ultimately pulled over to call the police. Benny was taken to a hospital for treatment, but his condition is currently unknown at this time. So far, the suspects haven't been apprehended, but investigators are working on finding them. The shooting follows a disturbing string of gun violence in the rap community. Following the fatal shootings of King Vaughn and Dallas rapper Mo3, Boozy Badass was shot in the leg while in Dallas for Mo3's vigil on Saturday. This story is developing, but what do you guys think? Let us know your thoughts in the comment section below. Okay, so, um, thoughts? You got just too much violence in this world. Say that again. I said just too much violence in this world with guns and people robbing for no like motive really. Like they just stole it just because of a chain. They did this for chains, like go buy your own chain. You know what I mean? It's like uh is it really that serious to shoot someone over a chain? Unless it's like more to the story. No, and there isn't more to it. They just wanted to rob somebody. They wanted to hurt someone yeah. and traumatize somebody else. That's all that was. It's pointless. It's actually sad to hear. What do y'all think yeah. about um? The- 
Hmm? Hello? Hey there, can you hear, can you hear? Yeah, I'm gonna play this clip first. And I hope this is the right clip. So let me play this clip right quick. Welcome to your source of content. And we got some new news. Let's talk about it. So if you guys didn't know, hip hop star Clifford Harris, better known as Tip, T-I-P, the crime stopper, not the show stopper, the crime stopper. Who is this crime guy? Civil rights activist. Yeah, you got it. The one and only. Atlanta's own. Anyway, this guy has found himself under the microscope again. Um, he just will not shut the fuck up. <laughs> so, uh, recently, if you guys don't know, uh, a famous uh, rapper from Chicago uh, named Kang Von recently passed away. And uh, T.I. made uh, a comment in his, well, not a comment. He did a post on his Instagram you know, about his city. I'm going to post it here in a second. And, um, you know, about how beautiful it is and all of that good stuff. And, you know, you guys can kill each other in your own city. Now, in tips to fit. So, wait. Did y'all see the post? Yeah, no, I, I saw it. I saw it. Did you see it, um, Jaira? No, I didn't. You did? Okay, you saw it, Brittany? Yes, I. Okay. Did you um were like were you offended? Okay, so I had to like understand the like whole situation because I got confused like with what he was talking about, and then like so I had like looked to see that the guys from Chicago were there, and then I'm still kind of confused. I think people so i'm guessing somebody was from atlanta that was involved in it as well but i just think again like piper we talked about before on the episode where we were honoring nipsey i just think that we have completely in the culture lost our way when it comes to dealing with death and talking about it and i think that i think if i had to translate what he meant what ti meant i understand what he's saying in general all this killing and hip hop going on is corny, but how he said it could be really misconstrued. And if you just follow the rules of death one-on-one, you wouldn't even have to worry about that. Like, I just feel like when things happen, when someone passes away, like you need to like, at least just acknowledge their passing for at least, I don't even know what the time frame is, but I don't know. I just feel like there's a, t- there's a time to speak and T.I. just likes to talk a lot. And I think that's why he finds himself getting in trouble. But I think, again, if I had to translate, I understand what he was trying to say in general about killing each other. So, okay, this is, I think he's reading it. So just a second. That he wasn't directing it towards Kang Von, which would be horrible, poor taste. But the thing about it is the timing timing that's what you're saying right in a way yeah yeah so like the the time that's what a lot of people said was the timing of it was that um i mean and that's consistent i saw the timing as a critique across the internet is that what you saw like how people were offended more about like 
like the timing of it? Yeah, well, a lot of guys from Chicago, like the rappers and the people who are in the streets of Chicago said to him, don't put Chicago's beef and Chicago in your mouth when you don't know anything you're talking about. So I saw both. I saw a lot of people saying that he was out of line, out of pocket for talking about Chicago's warfare and not knowing enough about it, which is stupid. But yeah. and then there were people who were upset, like you're saying, like who are like looking back and being like, well, why are they upset? And then being like, well, dude, your timing is off altogether. You know what I'm saying? Like, so yeah, yeah. I, I, it was it was a lot of people who thought it was timing. Mm-hmm. He just shouldn't have said anything, period. It was just period. really distasteful. Because, like, yes. nigga, we know we shouldn't be shooting at each other. What was the point in, the, in even saying that? You could have taken that opportunity to say something positive or uplifting about moving forward. But, no, you wanted to harp on some bullshit and then basically tell niggas to get out of your city. Nigga, what have you done about gun violence in, in Atlanta before you want to talk about what's going on in Chicago? What the fuck have you done? Right. <laughs> so that's, that's what I want to know because that ain't being the, talked uh, about or publicized. But you worried about everybody else. You worried about your daughter's vagina more than you're worried <laughs> about what's going on in in your community. Make that make sense to me. Okay, so that's where I wanted to have the conversation yeah. with y'all because so there's the okay. So you got the um when I was you worried about the wrong things all the time. Yeah, I was gonna say like back in my day. Uh, they talked about black on black crime. And um, I think ever since we've been in the woke era, there's been a pushback to the black on black crime narrative to put it onto the systemic aspects of like why there is crime. Um, and, you know, why people are, you know, do the things they do. So I wanted to, um, you know, just ask y'all a question about, because like, I I remember, you know, coming through an era right in the 70s where if people were in the street, then they were in the street, right? That was street stuff. And it didn't really like touch other people nobody ever really knew about it you 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 would know that they were in the street but you didn't really really know like you knew on a surface level and unless you had a relative then you didn't really really know but then the 80s came and then the crack era came and then everyone in the community became a victim because um of the nature and the way in which the culture just changed and um people became you know young people became predators, if you will, <laughs> super predators uh, is the language they use, right? And But they're created, right? This is a creation in the sense of, um, you know, the flooding of the drugs and the guns into the community, the removal of the fathers from the home, the removal of, you know, education, the removal of resources, like all of the things that we know about now were orchestrated by the CIA enforced by police departments and courts and other systems. And so fast forward through, you know, the nineties and uh, the increase in using the music industry and the movie industry and entertainment to sell 
these images to win the hearts and minds of the people that black people are dangerous and black men need to be caged up to do all this justification of this 94 crime bill. And then, you know, move fast forward where we are right today in 2020, when we look at um, this conversation about black on black crime as being an, uh, an archaic understanding of a systemic issue. So I'm just wondering, you know, for people, because hip hop was here, like I'm the same age as hip hop. So hip hop was here before y'all got here. It had been here for at least 20 years plus before y'all even got here. So I'm just wondering from y'all perspective, when you hear like, it seems to me that this conversation has been happening, what I would consider all of your lives but I'm wondering as people who have grown up, you know, with hip hop being this thing that was already there, like what's your perspective in terms of this idea about black on black crime? Like what do y'all have in a, like any understanding about that concept of the black on black crime or do y'all also reject that notion? It's a, it's a systematic issue that's unfortunately our issue. And if we continue to think in certain areas of our culture that the music doesn't affect it, we are delusional and are forever going to be on a hamster wheel. Like hip hop can exist without killing and can exist without drug, drug um, addict and, you know, people pumping up the use of drugs. The fact that I heard a rapper say they don't even take the drugs that they rap about in their music. Like, <laughs> it's crazy. So, like, if you, it's like well, a person that goes on a diet, like, okay, yeah, you're not going to be able to lose 500 pounds in a year. But if you just stop drinking pop alone, you can lose some weight. Like, if hip-hop just stopped talking about guns just a little bit, I guarantee you, you would see it reflect in the streets. If, more, if, if everybody put a song out like Lil Baby put out in one year, you would see a decline in some of the shootings. So, yeah, it's a systematic issue, but we as Black people got to now at this point deal with the shit. But period. What do you think, Deja? I agree with Brittany 1,000%. I mean... There's too many layers to it to just say we need to stop killing each other. Like that well I mean no. It's too deep. Yeah. I feel it's the same gonna way take that. generations to fix it and it's gonna take shoot. Centuries maybe. That won't happen in three generations. It's gonna be and that might be a century. It's probably gonna be more than that. Mm-hmm. And that's interesting because, you know, over the years, and I can go back even 20 years, when mm -hmm. a lot of the, 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 the MCs, the rappers and everything, um, they will reject the notion of being leaders. So yeah. a lot of times the reporter or whatever will be like, the journalist will be like, you know, people look up to you and the rapper will say, don't look up to me. You know, yeah. Can you... Please, I can't. I don't have a phone. Can you please 
pull the clip up of Bill O'Reilly and Cameron real quick? Oh yeah, that's a really that's a really good one. You know, um, yeah, because you know these rappers, uh, you know, I mean Bill O'Reilly. You know what I'm saying? He's a a piece of shit though. Um, but yeah, like that's a really good, you know, um, conversation. I was trying to go to the short version. Let me just go to Cam. I think this is it with the camera on on um, Bill O'Reilly, because there's like. Uh, let me see. This was a. Uh, was it Salome Thomas? Okay, hold on. Let me see. Is this it? highlighting the positive. I'm hoping in the future that we can send a better message, not only to our young people, but to America, that this industry does have some talented people who do care, because you're off here doing some good and great things for young people. All right, good. All right, Cameron, you go. Cool. I just want to say, I think that we got off to a bad start tonight, but I think everything that we said was very positive. I think that what me and Dash are doing is very, very, very positive for the youth. You just jumped on everything that we've done bad. And there's nothing that we done bad. You took it based on a one song of lyrics. Like, I think what you need to do is get more in tune with your students. You know what I mean? You need to have parent-teacher conferences. If you need some of these rappers to come in, call the record company. Call Rockefeller Records. Call Diplomat Records. And ask us to come in and speak to your students. We do I want to call like you. No, your statement is over. It's my turn to talk. You're okay. done for the night. Well, you cut you're me you're off early. No, no, no. So, I'm so so he spoke in that same interview saying that he's not a role model um don't look to me um to you know uh like you know don't don't look to me to uh raise your kids don't look to me you know put your kids on me type of thing now he's just one but there were you know many 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 um different you know artists who have said the same thing i think fat joe is one of them i mean we could pull up clips for days but over at least a 20 plus years, there's been, that's what rappers always say, is don't look to me. Yet and still, um, they still get to make music that does shape culture, right? right? right. Like, so that's a really real conversation that um, every time it's brought, I mean, Dame Dash is a big one who always says, uh, don't blame the rappers, right? Um, uh, but yeah. how problematic Dame said- Dash is. Jay Z says Scarface the Scarface the movie did more than Scarface the rapper to me, but that that ain't that ain't the blame for all the shit that's happened to me. And I understand what he's saying. Like this whole American culture is dynamic, is violence. But at the still at the same time, it doesn't excuse you over glorifying the violence. Like if you're saying the movie has something to do with it, do with uh do um with the violence in the movie says something to do with what you know how you digest a life then you have to know your music is affecting someone the same way like but i also too i was gonna say another one is russell simmons right he was also another one who always said Mm -hmm. that uh the music you know is what it is and 
you know, it's the street poetry, but Russell Simmons is also problematic. It's like all the people who say that there's, you know, that it's not them, right, are problematic because there's a whole documentary. There's there's multiple documentaries. Uh, Byron Hurt has an entire documentary um, just about how, you know, hyper-masculinity and all these violent images do impact young people, young girls, young men, how people treat each other. So there is a correlation between uh, these movies and this music, right? And those behaviors. And so that's been something that's been rejected, right? I'm telling you at least 20 plus years, just so that y'all will know, is the 20 plus Mm. years they've been rejecting this notion and this idea. So I don't know. I think y'all's generation is going to be the ones to usher in some different content, or at least I hope. Me too, Piper. Me too. Yeah, I mean, it's just interesting to me that, you know, as we know that music has vibrational energy. We know that, you know, sound has has a, a powerful energy. You know, we know that sounds can shift right a mood or shift shift the energy shift the planet shift the elements like these are proven scientific facts yes and so the music industry is a whole industry made on building brands right because people buy brands because these people that they're listening to are getting their brain and make them think this is a valuable thing that they need to invest in so of course these messages are part of it. So me personally, I've always rejected the idea when they've said that, Oh, you know, don't look at me to be a leader because you are a leader, whether you want to be or not, that's your position. Agreed. So your lyrics do impact children. Your, your lyrics do impact women. Your lyrics do impact communities as do your antics that you do to try to get likes on social media. Yeah. Um, you know, you got a whole culture of have young people trying to get likes on social media. Have you guys ever heard of the rapper NEL Choppa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you see his transition he made? Mm, like no. he, used, he used to be like this, like, like young NBA boy, like a trap rapper yeah. talking about guns and shooting. And then over COVID, he started reading and started, like, understanding spirituality, like, became yeah. a vegan, like, started working out, like, stopped, like, like said he would never rap about guns again, started doing, like, food drives. Like, people are, like, making fun of him because they say he's in his honeymoon phase, but he literally completely did a 360, and it's for the reasons that we're talking about. Like, he had this, like, huge, he's, like, 18 so that's why a lot of people are like bigging them up, you know, but I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, even a lot of the artists that y'all bring to the table, they have a different vibration usually, but uh, I don't know, like what people always ask that question. Like, what is the future of hip hop? Like, what do y'all think? I think hip hop is the mo- is most mainstream that I've seen it become. 
And I think that might eventually go away. I see K-pop is really making a lot of noise. So I'm hoping that that's a good thing for hip hop that is not as ma as mainstream or that it'll at least it'll it'll become not the cool thing and then it'll become the cool thing because it's not the cool thing and it'll get back to its original roots. But I don't know. What do you think, Deja, as a connoisseur? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just think people have to lead by example. They can't. If you're going to say that you don't want to be um, looked at as a leader, don't assume the leadership role. Don't take on that fame because that's, you know, given with it is influence. Influence is leadership. So if you don't want that responsibility, don't sign up for it. Yeah. What do you think, Jaira? <clears throat> um, I just feel like uh, things things are going to change over the years, and um, I feel like it might. I feel like with some artists, it might go for the better, but some will be in denial and don't want the change, and so. It would be like a, a mixture of like people who's trying to change and people who don't want to. Um, kind of like how things are just in general now, but I really see it in the hip hop culture. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I um, it's so it's so ingrained. It's interesting that it's so ingrained in culture in general. And I know I go on the internet to like, just look at different stuff. I do a lot of YouTubing and I just see a lot of people, but a lot of young people in general, just doing all this crazy stuff to get these likes, you know, or oh, people yeah, just having like, Especially on TikTok. oh, is it on TikTok too? Yeah. If you would just be doing random, just idiotic like non-thinking <laughs> things on the internet uh especially re revolved around like this dancing it's just like people it's, it's gonna get it's gonna become to a point where people just don't even think about what they do they just like do it in a state of like trying to become famous <laughs> yeah so that's another thing too because i just look at like what level of like what what level of this is actually like developing culture you know what i'm saying like what is the culture we're developing and it's crazy because it's like when we look at it on a systemic level it's like yeah all this stuff is rooted in capitalism patriarchy white supremacy imperialism uh you know colonial uh settler settlerism or you know settler colonialism or whatever but um i but yeah like where does like the personal responsibility come into play like what do y'all think about that i mean it comes into uh, what you go ahead Jara. no you go ahead that's right um, you mean like where do we where do we take the will piper as far as like creating our own solutions? Or 
That could be the way you look at it, yeah. I mean, I didn't know it was no other way to look at it, but I mean, yeah. At some point, once damage is done, you have to figure out how to rebuild. I mean, it's just in every aspect of life, that's 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 what it's about. So, I mean, I think it that applies to this. I mean, and that's why, like you always say, you have women in hip hop. You know, you've created a space. Since you've created that space, look at what women in hip hop has become in general across the board. So I just think it takes many spaces to create bit bigger spaces to change to change habits or what perception is or what we value. What were you gonna say, Jaira? Um, pretty much what, uh, what Brittany was going to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I do, I do mourn, you know, the loss. When you think of Chicago, it's like, man, it is a war zone, you know? And like, yeah. what's the value of life? Like, what's the value of a black life, you know? And what value do we have for our lives and for one another's lives and just the deterioration of our humanity, you know what I mean? To the point where, what'd you say, Deja? You think it was over something as trivial as what? Uh, what? Of, of, um, why the Benny the Butcher situation happened? Um, I guess he was trying to get robbed. They just wanted to take his shit just because they probably didn't really have a reason for it. You'd be better off doing a scam than you would robbing somebody nowadays. So, I mean, and just think about somebody. that. Like, just just think about that right like just the just the the idea of like just robbing someone for some jewelry you know what i mean i don't know i just think that kind of stuff is it it it, it is so trivial it is. yeah you know so i don't know it's a it's a non-ending conversation but uh I just want to send lots of protection out to everyone. Yes. Uh, and and that we can continue to, you know, because Deja, you continue bringing us great music, you know, that we can continue mm-hmm. bringing, you know, great content in the music that's going to elevate us and our people. So just sending out that. I'm going to put that on the altar, as they say. You know? But yeah, I don't know. Didn't mean to end on such a somber note, but um, just want to send us all more, more love and elevation. But um, yeah, so I don't know. Do you guys have any other topics you wanted to cover, or should we continue next week? Um, next week. Oh. Okay, that's what's up. Um, so, any last words you want to leave us with, Jaira? 
uh, make sure you all be safe out there because everyone's going around <laughs> going crazy over this PS5 and uh, Xbox. So make sure you all be very safe, especially during the um, holiday you know, time because it's going to get even worse. So make sure you all, you know, get a PS5 or Xbox Series X when you can and, you know, enjoy it. Don't go stealing it from someone. Yikes. What about you, Deja? <laughs> Any last words you want to leave for folks? No, just stay safe, be responsible, and have empathy. Hmm. What about you, Brittany? I uh, hope you guys have a good week next week. And... um Hope everyone stays safe, especially with the um, holiday coming up. And that's it. Well, I just want to say uh, once again, I'm just in deep gratitude that y'all come to, to do this show with me. I appreciate all of your brilliance and everything you bring here, um, your perspectives, your brilliance. Um, just really value all of you. I think you're all really incredible humans. So just wanted to say that. And then, yeah, um, as the Rona increases, um, you know, limit where you need to go to limit your exposure. Um, always remember that they're only telling us usually half the truth. So however bad they say it is, it's probably worse. So uh, just want to send everyone lots of love and protection um let's not let any of us be one of those twenty thousand deaths they're projecting for february um with that though i want to say we're going to continue to bring you great content i think um we're edging much closer to our hundredth episode i think maybe next week we're going to try to figure out how to do this live and try some platforms um yeah, so continue to check us out on social media, Piper Carter Podcast as a group on Facebook. There's also a PC.podcast on Instagram and on Facebook as a Facebook page. And then you can always check me out, Piper Carter, um, on social media. But check out Detroit is Different, the network. You want to go to DetroitIsDifferent.net and you can listen to all the other podcasts and so um hopefully you'll continue to uh wear your mask and you'll continue to do your social distancing and you'll continue to do your research so that um you know what is safe and um how to protect yourself and how to how to move and grow in this world so appreciate everyone that's listening wherever you are and we will see you next week peace Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.